It's Wednesday, the 8th of May, 2019, and once again, this is Call of the Weird, broadcasting from the bunker on www.bighitsradio.uk. <clears throat> and tonight, um, we're looking at the work of Julian David Cope, born 21st of October, 1957. He's an English musician, author, antiquarian, musicologist, poet, and cultural commentator. Originally coming to prominence in 1978 as a singer and songwriter in Liverpool post-punk band The Teardrop Explodes, he has followed a solo career since 1983 and worked on musical side projects such as Queen Elizabeth, Brain Donor and Black Sheep. He grew up in Tamworth with his parents and his younger brother Joss. He played Oliver in Wincott High School's production of the musical. Um, in 1978, Cope formed the Teardrop Explodes with drummer Gary Dwyer, organist Paul Simpson and guitarist Mick Finkler, with himself as singer, bass player and principal songwriter, drawing it in a post-punk version of West Coast pop music, which gained the nickname of Bubblegum Trance. The band became part of a wave of neo-psychedelic Liverpool bands. Cope and Dyer and later their manager turned keyboard player Dave Balfe, he served both as Cope's creative foil and as personal antagonist, were the only band constants, although several other members passed in and out of the, the lineup during the band's fractious four-year existence. Uh, several well-received early singles, including Sleeping Gas and Treason, culminated in the band's biggest hit, Reward, which hit number six in the UK singles chart and took the Kilimanjaro to number 24 in the album charts. I think it was 1980. Pope's, or sorry, Cope's photogenic charm and wild, garrulous interview style helped keep the band in the media eye and made him a short-lived teen idol during the band's peak. Success brought the teardrops plenty of attention, but no further stability. Their second album, Wilder, experimented with different and darker psychedelic styles, as well as delving deeper into Cope's complicated psyche. It spawned no major hits and sold relatively poorly at the time, despite being critically praised in retrospect. Excessive drug use plus continued infighting undermined the band, and a final lineup of Cope, Dyer and Balfe split apart in 1982 after failed attempts to record a third album and a final disastrous tour. Despite the relatively short life of the band, the Teardrop Explodes has continued to sustain interest and praise since its demise, and the back's back catalogue of recordings has been reissued several times in the last 30 years. Cope, however, has strenuously resisted taking advantage of any nostalgic and commercial opportunities to reunite the band. In 1982, accompanied by his new American wife, Dorian Bessley, Cope moved to the Staffordshire village of Dayton Brasset, close to his childhood home of Tamworth. Following the breakup of the Teardrop Explodes, he spent a period in seclusion, recovering from the strain of the group's final year. Cope's well-documented Teardrop's era LSD excesses, eccentric behaviour, and subsequent retreat had led them being labelled an acid casualty in the vein of Sid Barrett and Rocky Erickson, an image which took him several years to shake off. During this period, Cope befriended a teenage Dayton Bassett musician called Donald Ross Skinner, who became his main musical foil for the next 12 years. In 1983, Cope began recording songs for his first solo album, World Shut Your Mouth. Although the album generally retained the up-tempo pop, sorry, up-tempo pop drive of the teardrops. It was also an introspective and serial work with many references to childhood. During this period, Cope discovered the book uh, Guitar Army, 
rocking revolution of the MC5 and the White Panther Party. Um, and that was by John Sinclair. He later described it as his holy book and enthusiastically embraced its one-take approach to making and recording music, as well as its method of and message of rock and roll being a weapon of cultural revolution. This method typified Cope's musical approach from then on, as he forever left behind the more measured and constructed approach of St. Julian and the Teardrop Explodes in favour of more spontaneous expression. Having repaired his relationship with Island Records, Cope began recording his next record against the background of the civil demonstrations which became the poll tax riots in 1990. Uh, Cope joined the demonstrations and took a prominent role in them. Wearing a huge theatrical costume throughout the march, he was later featured on the BBC's poll tax documentary, a lone protester walking down Whitehall surrounded by seven lines of mounted police. Uh, since 1998, Cope has developed a parallel reputation as a serious antiquarian. This resulted in his 2004 album Discover Odin being a limited edition tie-in with a talk he had given at the British Museum featuring a mixture of spoken word tracks exploring Nordic mythology and various musical tracks including a Cope setting of the epic Norse poem Havramal. In the same year, Head Heritage released the first two brain, doctor, um, sorry, brain donor singles she saw me coming and get off your pretty face. Uh, Cope Doggan and a returning Fai Paulisandra also teamed up as the drummer less psychedelic meditational heavy metal group LAMF. He released the ambient metal album the same year Brain Doctor's Get Back In It single followed in 2002 as the third album in Cope's right series right now. And there's a quote from Jillian Cope. And he says, mine's a holistic trip, that's the difference. You could put me in a cargo and send me off to some rock somewhere to make art, but do that to any member of U2 and they couldn't make art, you know, they'd find a way back to the mainland. It's like Joseph Campbell said, it's the difference between the celebrity and the hero. The celebrity will walk across tall buildings and dance in tight ropes for his audience, but the hero will do exactly the same things. And if the audience has all gone home, he'll still be doing it to please himself. And that's the thing, I have an incendiary on me, which is entirely at odds with pretty much 99.9% .9 of the people on the earth. And if I can sustain that, then I'll change things entirely. you just got to have faith that what you're, you're saying is the cosmic truth. Um, and 1998 also saw the release of Cope's bestseller, The Modern Antiquarian, a large and comprehensive, full-colour, 448-page work detailing stone circles and other ancient monuments of prehistoric Britain which sold out of its first edition of 20,000 in its first month of publication and was accompanied by a BBC Two documentary. Um, it's a guidebook uh, written by Gillian Cope and it's written as a travelogue of British megalithic sites including Stonehenge and Avery. Um, types of artefacts catalogued include stone circles, hill forts and barrows. In the introduction, ex Cope explains how a visit to Avery Stone Circle inspired his enthusiasm for the subject. He was disappointed with the quality of available guidebooks, so he decided to write his own. He visited and researched hundreds of sites over eight years, selecting about 300 of the most significant for the book. The book is divided into two sections, the first being 10 essays by Cope about various aspects of British Isles megalithic culture. The second and main part of the book is a geographically arranged gazetteer of the sites. Each entry includes field notes, directions, map references and photographs or drawings. And indeed, a documentary film of the same name was made by the BBC in mid-2000. Uh, the Modern Antiquarian was followed in 2004 
with an even larger 484-page study of similar monuments across Europe entitled The Megalithic European, the most extensive study of European megalithic sites to date. In addition to his books and prehistoric monuments, Cope hosts a community-based modern antiquarian website that invites contributors to add their own knowledge of the ancient sites of Britain and Ireland. Cope has lectured nationally on the subject of prehistory and also at the British Museum on the subjects of Averbury and um, Odin, uh, where Cope appeared in five-inch platform bits and has his hairspray set off with fire alarms, causing the building to be evacuated. On 19th of June 2014, Cope's first novel, One Free One, subtitled the time-shifting Gnostic Hooligan Road novel, was published by Faber and Faber. Named for Sardinian Motorway, 131 was well reviewed by The Guardian, who wrote that the musician's fiction debut is brilliant, serious, funny, and completely bonkers. Comedian Stuart Lee interviewed Cope for the Aquinas and admits that there were whole swathes of 131 where I couldn't tell what was going on or which time stream we were on, but I didn't care. Uh, Cope writes about many fictional bands and musicians in the book and has recorded music in the guise of these characters, some of which he was, had released under the name and under the same fictional pseudonyms. Some uh, of our music artists have collaborated with Cope for these releases, also under the book's fictional names, including Stephen O'Malley and Holy McGrail as Drone Grip Vesuvio, and with Robert Courtney and Donald Ross Skinner as Ravers Daglo Maradona, amongst others. These releases were released via various imprints of Cope's Head Heritage level. And to round off the show, I'll just do another little quote from Julian Cope. Uh, he says, I'm going to become the best remembered artist of my generation by staying away from the party as often as possible. That way people will remember me, not because I was great, but because I didn't cause them any later embarrassment. And indeed, what more, more can we really ask of anything? So on that uh, on that note, we'll round off the the show for tonight, and uh, I'll see you next week.